This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 863 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. horse people. Coach Jen here and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horse.com's weekly horse health report on the Horses in the Morning show. The Hit'em crew is joined by Horse.com digital editor Michelle Anderson and Dr. Jones from Florida Veterinary Equine Service to talk about bringing a new horse with an unknown health history onto your property. And we'll get right to our tip after this important message from StatelineTac.com. When the weather forecast calls for wind, rain, bone-chilling temperatures, or snow, look no further than StatelineTac.com to make sure your barn time is warm, dry, and stylish. StatelineTac.com has jackets and vests that keep you warm and dry from afternoon hacks in New England to break-of-dawn schooling sessions in Wellington. They also carry a wide selection of toasty warm breeches for schooling ring or show ring. They even have waterproof breeches for those days when Mother Nature is at her worst. And StatelineTac.com knows there's nothing more satisfying than having warm, dry feet at the barn, so they have beautiful winter boots for showing, weather-busting paddock boots for on the horse or off, and lots of rubber boots for mucking about. Surf over to StatelineTac.com today and choose from your favorite brands like Ariat, Debonair, Dublin, Mountain Horse, Carrots, Tough Rider, and many, many more. StatelineTac.com I thought if I was going to make the drive, I only wanted to make it once. So, well, um, whatever. Listen, I read your blog post on on thehorse.com, and your blog post is like, oh, well, I didn't need to buy a horse. I somehow ended up with a horse. Whatever, girlfriend. You need to buy that horse. Don't lie to horse people. Okay, you can lie to your mama. You can lie to your husband. You cannot lie to us. <laughs> You know, the last the last thing I needed to do was to buy a two year old. And so, um and I took my trainer with me too. My trainer's my good friend and she I was like, Do you wanna go on this adventure? And she's always up for an adventure, so we went out and um and I thought she'd see her and go, Nah, she's okay and she goes, Oh, she's cute I'm like, Oh no. Now I have to buy her. The only thing worse than the person who's going with you to buy the horse, um, the, the person who's going to buy the horse, is the person that's not buying it that mm-hmm. wants you to have it. Yeah. So, you yeah, you're that in horse. trouble. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. get that. So. She, is so cute. <laughs> she is so talented. Wow. You should really. You see, come on. I could sell yep. you the horse. <laughs> it is fun to be the one not making the commitment, huh? Exactly. So. But, Dr. Jones, so today I wanted to talk about what you do when you get a horse, and especially a young horse like mine, where maybe you don't have a full history on the horse, a health history, um, about, you know, bringing the horse into your own herd and protecting your own horse and where you start from if you're kind of starting from scratch or you think you're starting from scratch. Well, may I point out just before you ask me the first question that 
a lot of these questions would be answered if a pre-purchase exam was done yes. by a veterinarian on the animals <laughs> prior to purchase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no pre-purchase happened. Yeah, that's my vet was like, um, so should I come look at her now after you bought her? <laughs> yeah. Busted. That's the problem with the Do online not. horse buying, yes. There was a yeah. lot of post buying exams. I don't know what to call those. They're not pre-purchase. I guess they're post-purchase or <laughs> insanity checks maybe. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes, yes, listeners of Horses in the Morning and readers of the horse uh, and the horse.com do not follow my example. Um, but sometimes when a deal's made, that's how you make a deal, but that's how I made my deal. How's your brain? So, what could be wrong with the two-year-old? Anyway, okay. So, <laughs> so, oh my. <laughs> okay, so you bring a, a horse like um, my little girl home, and what concerns do you have about protecting the rest of your horses? You know, like I have two and a quarter acres. How do I do a quarantine? How do I protect my other horses from this horse that, you know, has been at a place that I, you know, I don't know what her full history is. Uh, yeah, you are kind of in a little bit of a dilemma with such small property with quarantining that horse. And that is the very first thing you should think about is what are you bringing home to your own healthy horses? Mm-hmm. Granted, you've protected your horses with everything you possibly can, but there's still, everything's not 100% anymore in life. So, 35 feet is a recommended uh, quarantine for horses. So, if you have what we call welcome barn that sits out in a paddock by itself, and that paddock doesn't go nose-to-nose to your other horses, you're good. But if you have close contact, you're just going to have to do the best you can. That horse is last to be fed, last to have a stall cleaned, you know, everything like that, and wash up in between touching that horse and others. So, right after that, you need to do some biosecurity for your other healthy horses. And so what are some of the signs you should be looking for in a new horse or young horse? And I'm talking about like sale horses too. You know, lots of times you go to an auction and you buy a young horse at an auction, you don't know the full history. Um, what, um, what are some signs that maybe that horse has some health issues? Well, a lot of them, I get the uh, comment that they were so sweet and they're so docile and easygoing for a two-year-old. Can you believe it? What an easygoing horse. And that could be your first sheer sign that you might have some worm damage or some worms going on or uh, some other disease process going on in this uh, lack of nutrition type disease process going on in this horse that they are just unthrifty because they have no energy. And so that always worries me when I hear a client say, oh, they're a two-year-old and they're doing so well, you know, with the um, easy, you know, getting along with me and leading and I put saddle on and whatever. As soon as they start putting some groceries to those horses, sometimes they get a little bit rambunctious or a little more energy than they used to. And then the next comment is they were drugged when they sold them to them. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I always think of is maybe they're a little bit sick when you bring them home. And it could be more diet or it could be worms. Those are the two things I think of, number one. So a dewormer, um, I always tell clients it doesn't hurt to go ahead and deworm them again on something that's very easy, light on their um, intestinal tract. Uh, the pyrantals are really slow kill, um, easy going on the um, 
digestive tract that you could go ahead and feed them that and help kill out some of the uh, worms and then come back about four to six weeks later and hit them with an ivermectin type um, to oh. finish off the rest of the worms. You can also have a fecal test done by the veterinarian on your post-purchase exam or mm-hmm. insanity check exam, whatever you want to call it. Um, and um, that's, that's the thing I kind of look for because those parasites can pass to your horses and you want to try to keep them segregated if you can. Again, small acreage farms, a lot of people put them right out with the rest of their horses and they'll be passing some worms onto those uh, other horses in the pastures. What about things like a runny nose or goopy eyes? Um, you know, when um, you're hauling a horse especially, is that normal to, to see those things or would those be you know, caution signs? Well, those are possible caution signs. Um, they could be just from the haul, you know, the wind in their eyes type thing, depends on the type of trailer you have. But uh, the vaccine history, you know, you'd like to say that everybody's above board and every person that sells a horse that might be in a little bit of financial trouble doesn't want to look like a bad owner. So you have to consider that these people are trying their best. They just might not have done um, everything they should have to um, prior to selling the horse because they might have been needing to save some money. And so vaccinating would probably be a good idea as long as you know the horse wasn't really vaccinated in the last couple of weeks. So uh, they say, oh, yeah, here's the record, then, then that's a good sign. But if they are saying it's been a couple months, you might want to go ahead and bump those vaccines and booster their immune system when they get to your place. Maybe not the first day or two because they're under a little bit of stress, but definitely within the probably first week they're there. And, you know, we get lots of questions from people who are getting rescue horses and are in a situation where they don't know their history. Is it okay to go ahead and do a full deworming and full vaccinations right away when you get those horses home, or do you need to spread those out? I recommend spreading them out. So the vaccines are a concern, but I always put them, believe it or not, put them all secondary to the parasites and uh, the diet change you're going to do, because both of those are detrimental to their life. Vaccines are, you know, cephalitis, of course, is detrimental to their life and West Nile, but the ones you're most concerned about with the other horses is the um, herpes and the um, flu that will pass from horse to horse. So if you have them isolated, you could, you could wait another week or so. There's a latent period of 21 days on those. So you've got three weeks that you really should keep them separated. Up to a month is preferred. And uh, so if you vaccinate them a week after they've come in, their immune system is more apt to accept a vaccine to beef up their immune system because under stress, your immune system doesn't work very well. We all know that when we're stressed out with work, bills, school, whatever it is in our lives that creates stress, we definitely do not feel good. We can come down with colds easier, you know, that kind of thing. So the horse is going to be stressed out moving to a new environment. So I always tell clients, hold off for about a week or two before you vaccinate. Um, and, you know, clients that are moving your horses, I had one just the other day. She came due. She's moving them across country, actually, to Jamie's backyard. And um, they are um, they were due for their vaccines. And I told her, I said, I'd not vaccinate them six days before they get on this trailer in case they pop a fever or they get sore uh, for that long haul. Wait till you get there. Wait two weeks and then go ahead and have them looked at. And that's what their plan is. So the dewormer, because you're spreading the the eggs to the other horses, the nutrition, you don't want to abruptly change their grain if you can help it. Um, if they give you no supply of grain or hay to take with you, you will have to slowly introduce what you're feeding the rest of your herd to help out this horse. Okay. 
And so with my particular filly, I do know she was vaccinated in, in the spring, um, but that she didn't receive a West Nile vaccination. Um, and she was in an area where, um, where they aren't concerned about it or her owners weren't concerned about West Nile. Uh, but I am in my area, uh, and it's fall, so should I go ahead and do that West Nile now, or should I wait until the spring when I do my spring exams? The primary time we see West Nile cases are from July until October. So I would go ahead and give one now um, because there still is that chance. We have the whole month of October to go through. We get um, import horses from Europe that don't have the West Nile vaccine given to them. So we consider them what we call naive horses, meaning never experienced that uh, immune response to, back to the vaccine. So on naive horses, and that would include your new young one, is you want to give them a vaccination and then booster it four to six weeks later, and that will consider this initial series. And then uh, now that I have her home, do, are there any nutritional concerns that I should have about my two-year-old? Yeah. Um, even at two, it would be good to have her teeth checked. Uh, you have the wolf teeth pulled, especially if you're thinking about starting to put a bridle in her mouth and play around with, uh, you know, some fun things you're going to do. But also, there can be some sharp enough points in the two-year-old that might make them um, a little less able to chew. Um, any other horses, that I find to be the most um, common veterinary item in herd health care that is missed uh, when people want to start selling horses because they can maybe just do the vaccines themselves or they can go ahead and get that done because the vet's out there. But to have the teeth done it involves a little bit more time, maybe a little bit more money, and so that kind of gets pushed to the wayside. So definitely have their teeth looked at so that your nutrition that you're feeding them isn't going to break the bank for yourself because you're feeding them to a horse that can't really chew it well to begin with. So having the vet do their teeth would be a, a recommendation as well within the first month of them being there. Okay. Well, it sounds like I need to get my vet out. Yeah, to do that post-purchase uh, insanity check <laughs> exam. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a after, after I make sure that she's halter broke, I will have the vet out. <laughs> oh, dear God. It's okay, though. It's okay if you're going in knowing that, see, see actually Michelle did it right, because she went in knowing that she could afford to lose all that money and the $5,000 of vet bills that were going to come after. She accepted that when she hooked up the trailer. Isn't that right, Michelle? <laughs> you know, there is there is risk to things in life, and I am That's risk averse. Right. However, hey, look, you know. You get married, you've got a 50% chance of it going bad. So <laughs> that's a risk. Do you have him vetted? Maybe we should. <laughs> what a thought. What a thought. <laughs> well, I am a big believer in the pre-purchase exam. Um, in this case, that's not the way the deal was going to be made. Um, so, you know, where, where, most where people were a little crazy. Where do you work again? I'm just checking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, I one thing, still have a lot to learn. <laughs> the one thing you can do today or tomorrow usually is you can grab a fresh fecal sample, take it into your vet, and drop it off him, do a fecal on it. So you kind of know where you stand on your uh, worming. Some of them may be loaded and some might have very few. Um, but that would be the easiest thing to do right off the bat. You can even do that when you're trailing that animal home because they probably poop on the trailer, and then you can just grab it and take it over to the vet. Yeah, and, and the fecal test won't tra traumatize her as much as everything else will. 
Exactly, Mich- exactly. Michelle, I, for one, am completely disappointed that you would dare do something so crazy as go look at a horse with a trailer attached to your truck. <laughs> I would never do anything like that, ever. Oh, I, mean, I, I bet you never would. I bet you never brought home never. a horse without a vet check. You know what? Listen, the drive was really far all the way to Tucson, and Edward was not going to walk home, so I uh-uh. had to take my trailer. <laughs> if you if you saw the dirt road that I drove down with my truck and trailer <laughs> to this girl, I, to, to see this filly, um, you would you would understand why I only wanted to drive the trip once. <laughs> you know, I figure I figure if you're going to drive all the way to drive several hours to go look at a horse, you might as well take your trailer. And if it doesn't work out, you can always shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't hey, figure a two-year-old would actually get in a trailer. Like, I thought I had that extra buffer. <laughs> uh-huh. There's no way. Hey, Dr. There's Jones. No way. Dr. Jones, have you heard the green, song before? Green, green, black and blue, wouldn't ride that horse if I were you. It's like walking on a hot, tight wire, dynamite too close to fire. Uh-huh. I just thought uh-huh. I'd say that, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm... Good, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> and we I'm, love I'm, you, Michelle. <laughs> thank you. I'm super excited about my little girl. You I'm should Jamie, be very I'm you. send you a video. Jamie, you're going to watch this little silly move, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's why she brought that little girl home. No, listen, you're talking to the wrong person. Like, I love that you did that. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I think you, uh, more power to you. You know, it's your pony. You go for it, and um, just get that post-vet check so you don't get your other <laughs> horses sick. I get it. I yeah. get Ask Glenn. Wait, hold on. Ask Glenn <laughs> if he pre-purchased his new horse. No, because the vet would have said, are you crazy? What? Not that person's going to die on the trailer on the way home. And, but, and yeah, then again, we did, <laughs> we did discuss it that, that if he did die, at least he was going to die with some food in his mouth for a change. So. I, you know, I think there is a difference between not doing a pre-purchase because you don't know any better, don't have the, the experience with what can happen. Okay. And consciously making the decision to not make the pre-purchase exam when you know that that's the right thing to do. Because you're acting like a 13-year-old girl who falls in love with a horse oh when they get to look at it for the first time. Oh, my God. I love them. I love them. They're so pretty. Oh, my God. I have to have I get it. I get it. It's a rough crowd today. It's a rough crowd. <laughs> we love and you, Dr. Dr. Jones. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Dr. Jones, how hard is it when you have to say, you know, I can't, I'm, this, this horse, these are the things that I found wrong with it in your pre-purchase. I, I am pretty, I'm a very upfront person, which sometimes does not show well with some clients. And, you know, the clients that like me being upfront, I have had for many years. But, uh, yeah, I just pretty much told a woman that the other day that um, was snickered into buying a two-year-old stallion because you can make money off of them. And I walked in and saw these big grapefruit-sized joint effusions of the stifles. And they could hardly get a halter on them. And I said, you might have OCD in your stifles with those big grapefruits on the stifle. Now, granted, I couldn't even touch the stifle because he would kick. So I said, when Winner. he gets a bit more sedate, I'll put my very extensive digital x-ray machine there and take an x-ray of that. But you may be doing surgery on him and castrating him anyway because you don't want to pass on OCD. Mm. Hey. So I have a question. How many people that you, we're going a little long here, but that's okay. How many people that you, you give them this laundry list of things, and basically you're, you're in a way coming out and telling them not to buy the damn horse. How many actually do it? 
more than more. Oh yeah, more than fifty percent still still purchase. My whole thing is is I don't pass or fail, and I think a lot of veterinarians are getting away from that pass or fail uh, terminology. Is I provide them information that if they want to go back to the seller and say, "These are things we found wrong," would you take less? Because I'm going to have to spend money to fix these. That's what I recommend these people do because they may be perfectly happy with giving Adequan on a regular basis or doing joint injections or having to do dentals a little bit more often because you've got a slight overbite that causes some big problems. But so I don't really look into the people's ideas of why they're purchasing it. It could be, the, uh, could be bomb proof for their 10-year-old but has many problems. So there's more often people will purchase a horse that I would kind of shake my head and say, no way. Yeah, you know, emotion. There is even, emotion. Even positive on a drug test, shake my head, no way, and they still oh. purchase. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> oh, that's sad. That's sad. Hey, we got to wrap up here, guys. We have hey. run out of time. Michelle Anderson, digital editor of thehorse.com. Uh, Michelle, we'll post a link on our Facebook page at Horses in the Morning to your article where people can go over and see your cute little baby. I cannot, oh, you knew you were going to get razzed for this, and you still brought it up today. So, uh, yep, so you're a brave yep. woman. Brave woman. <laughs> and, and, of course, we can find Dr. Jones at FloridaEquine.com. If you uh, need her, if you want her to come out and tell you not to buy that horse and buy it anyway, she's the perfect vet for you uh, at Florida, FloridaEquine.com. We'll see you guys. And that just about takes care of it. To listen to more of the Horse.com's tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to the Horses in the Morning gang, putting in their two cents on all things horse, you can tune in every weekday morning at horsesinthemorning.com for fascinating interviews, news stories from around the world, clever contests, and general horsey hijinks. You can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go now, with our new free app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search for Horse Radio Network. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they do make these podcasts possible. This podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of StatelineTAC.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.